I'm feeling kind of Christmassy today. You're kind of red. Yeah, and you're kind of green. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> I guess we're a couple of <laughs> jingle balls. <laughs> what song are we going to sing? I don't know. Let's sing, uh, We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. I, I don't know what that noise is, but I don't like it. It makes me feel less evil. I'm not afraid of old Skullface. Let's keep going. All right. Good tidings we bring to you and your kin. Good tidings for Christmas and a happy new year. That's enough, you bone brains. You know I can't stand that Christmas cheer. Oh shit, he's coming. Run! Welcome to episode 53 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Steve Orlando. I mean, Miguel. <laughs> we also have... Heather. And, of course, we do have Steve Orlando in the room. Hi, hey. hey, Steve. I'm, I'm doing real well. We just got done watching the uh, He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special, something we've been talking about since February, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm pretty happy that it became reality. Us too. I mean, we publicized it for a couple weeks leading up. We were using the hashtag the arm, which is something we came up with the first time we met you, uh, talking about Zero. And it's kind of become just our uh, our siren call since then, as you put it. You're going to want me to like give him a quarter every time we use that, but hopefully he's not on Twitter right now. So we're fine. <laughs> But no, it was great. I, I was actually shocked at how short it was. When I was like five, that shit seemed to take like three hours. What's um, like a day? <laughs> all the stuff. 45 minutes long. Yeah. All the stuff with the little kids did seem to take an exorbitant amount of time when I was a kid, too, because they were just the least interesting part of the whole thing. It was so shocking for me to watch it again. Obviously, it's still amazing, but for totally different reasons. He-Man also, as I said, is like the most boring part of that show. He's can't, he can't do anything that, like anything that's cool compared to She-Ra or Skeletor, who like houses a snow beast. She-Ra can turn her sword into anything. He-Man has like a normal sword. I know. Uh, doesn't have a Pegasus unicorn. Like I could go on, but he's not as cool. I mean, he does have Battle Cat, but strangely, Battle Cat is absent. Maybe he's Jewish. I don't know. <laughs> There's only one scene with Battle Cat, and he looks really like disappointed with the whole thing. <laughs> No, it's not even that he's afraid. He, it's, it's really just Cringer, and he just looks dissatisfied with the Christmas plans. He probably said, fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go light the menorah? No time to fight Skeletor? No, that's... <laughs> Basically, he just sounds like my uncle all the time, so it's fine. No, it was... And also the amount of which that, like... They go out of their way to explain what's happening. As a child, I was like, hmm, that doesn't seem strange. But now that I'm actually, like, above the age of 12, I'm like, holy crap. Like, someone puts a cup down, and Orko's like, wow, you put a cup down! <laughs> I, I'm pretty happy about a lot of things in it. I thought I was going to talk more about Bo, but I just can't get over how awesome Skeletor is. I would like there to be a new show featuring this version of Skeletor. I agree. I would love to see, like, a Perfect Strangers kind of show with Skeletor and Hordak. Skeletor is the original anti-hero. He, he's, he's, uh, he's good despite his... He can't help who he is. 
And he loves dogs. <laughs> he started out as more of a cat person, though. That's how I felt. You know, he's had panthor, and he didn't want anything to do with the dog at first. No, but like many parent people who rescue animals, you know, it just grew on him. And I'm sure that the dog is into him because his face is made of bone. Uh, <laughs> no, there's so much. There's so much weird going on here. Like I just, I love everything about it. I love that you could get away in the '80s with calling something a finder beam, which is like calling it a plot device ray. <laughs> what did you tweet about the beast monster? Oh, the beast monster by the writer makers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they were struggling to come up with names, weren't they? It's the monstroids who, again, like can scare Hordak, but like can get beaten by the child's version of the, uh, the Reavers from X-Men. It's just really <laughs> absurd. No, beast monster entertains me because when I was in college, one of my friends was really into screenwriting and would like he was a very smart guy but sometimes he would just say things where he realized like no one in his life had ever corrected him so he used to like refer to police as police cops and so the beast monster reminds me of him he also at the age of 22 didn't know how to say the words severed because no one apparently in ohio had corrected him for 22 years when he was saying that people had like severed arms and severed heads <laughs> Luckily, I was there to let him know. Um, but no, like, I, I now want to go, in between the time that it went off and when I talked to him, I also bought the special to give to everyone I work with. So they're either going to be really happy with me or not that happy at all. But uh, so they, they should be happy. I also want to buy the original, the whole She-Ra series now, which I saw you can get on Amazon. I've never actually watched an episode of She-Ra except for this, but she's infinitely cooler. She-Ra is pretty badass. I mean, her sword is no joke. It turns into fire. It turns into a lasso. It turns into... It can do whatever they needed to to move the scene along. That's what it actually turns into. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it would shrink down and turn into a key or perhaps like a tourniquet if someone's arm got cut off. Hashtag the arm. So <laughs> it's really like her sword is made of like Wonder Twin flesh, basically. So. Hordag is also great. I'm just so happy about the whole thing. It was even lamer than I could have remembered. And I love that at the end they just do the like 1960s Superman and throw the whole thing off the planet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Horde Prime. Good thing we're just going to throw you off the planet. I mean, I don't even know. Like, how is Eternia? I don't even know these things. How is Eternia related to Etheria? They're different places. Are they different planets? Because you can like throw Horde Prime back to Etheria with extreme precision. They're, they're nearby planets. And uh, Horde Prime used to rule both planets, but I guess Grayskull's ancestors uh, fought him off and forced him off Eternia. I think because he pulled te that Technically, right, Skeletor is less evil than Hordak. Isn't isn't his origin related to Hordak somehow? Actually, is no. Like, uh, Skeletor is apparently Prince Adam's uncle. Okay. Clearly, I don't read the wiki. He uh, was uh, supposed to be next in line for the throne before Adam was born, and then when Adam was born, he got knocked down to second in line and then Randor basically he got the boot. yeah he basically got the boot because uh, He-Man came along and Adam was basically protected <laughs> so the Skeletor got all butthurt about it and became the villain that he is he got what? <laughs> <laughs> you say butthurt? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? that works right? I don't know if that works. <laughs> I mean, it's not a good look. But, um, I mean, also the fact that Prince Adam is even, like, he's even derpier than I remembered as a child. Like, every time he, he's like a living embodiment of Christopher Reeve's version of Clark Kent that is always kind of like, wah, wah, every time he talks. 
Yes. The, the idea that people would be okay with him, it, it's like if Prince Harry was the older prince. Like, no one wants him. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of uh, supplemental characters that didn't make an appearance that I think could have enhanced the story. Well, you got, like, a ton of, of weirdly named She-Ra characters uh, and not as many he made. Like, where was Tila? What was she doing? I don't know. She ran off with Merman. Why isn't Merman, like, he's probably, like, has a restraining order with Mermista. <laughs> <laughs> Look at his eyes, they're huge. He's probably stalking her. Totally. He's hanging out with Beastman. Like, peering around the kelp I don't understand the Christmas song that they sang. <clears throat> that was in no relation related to Christmas at all. Like no, were- it's just a classic 80s song. Like, you know, all children in the 80s have, like, ballads keyed up all the time that they've been writing for themselves, apparently. I, I was like totally thrown off for, from by that. I'd forgotten about that, and I was like, "What is this? Those, this is awful song." Those kids were actually like internet trolls, and they were just trolling Skeletor. <laughs> wow! I don't care what you say, Miguel was killing it. What a thespian actor! <laughs> yeah, I knew he was your favorite. But why was he white? I mean, it is his parents. I mean, well, his parents, as I said, looked like Ron Jeremy, and it was really. <laughs> yeah, you said that. I, I typed Super Mario at the exact same time, but I think Ron Jeremy was better. But then, if you look, they have like this like Victorian portrait of them of the wife. Like he looks like Ron Jeremy, and then the the wife looks like she's like stepped off the set of Downton Abbey. Yeah, and like the portrait of her behind is even better. It's it's just really it's a strange strange thing. I mean, I really like their flight belts, too. There's just, I mean, like, Orca, and, like, everything about it is just a poor idea. Like, nothing about Orko is the type of thing where, like, kids would see him and be like, let's go with him. It's more like like Stranger Danger. You can't see his eyes. He seems like a responsible adult. Let's follow this guy. (laughs) (laughs) It could be a disintegrator, Ray. Let's go in it, kids. Like, no, it, what does he look like? I'm going to actually, I'm sure at some point his hat has come off. I wonder what he looks like without a hat. Let me consult the internet. I think he's just like a weird blue guy. Well, I mean, that is almost assuredly a fact. Oh, you may be wrong. Yeah? There is something. Okay, well, if you if you Google Orko without his hat, there is an image of a weird-looking dude that looks kind of like a like a chubby red Puritan um, that comes up riding a broomstick. Oh, that's that's not Orko. That's uh, Madame Raz. She's like She-Ra's Orko. I thought that the koala thing with rainbow ears was She-Ra's Orko. Um... Oh, uh, oh! I know his name. Oh, what is that guy's name? Oh my God! You're, you're right. I, I think that 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 character takes the place of Orko in, in terms of being like the goofy weirdo. But Madame Raz is a wizard from the same race that Orko is from, and she like is actually a capable wizard who helps Shira. She's not like a complete idiot like Orko. What about this Orko lady that shows up? If you on the second row of the Google image search, she has like a Prince of Persia face guard on. That was Evil Lynn in disguise. That was an episode of He Man where she tried to lure Orko into betraying He Man. Hell yeah, straight. Her name was Driel. Seems reasonable. There's a lot of cool backstory for for Eternia. I think the next thing that happens is we obviously have to watch the live action movie. Oh, I'm totally down for that. I have that on DVD too. <laughs> oh, I I will watch that shit anytime. It's it's really I mean like I'm like viscerally disgusted by Gwildor the scene where Gwildor is eating chicken like the bits are in his beard and things like that. It's just <laughs> it's it's disgusting. I wonder if there's a picture of it. Gwildor eating chicken. I just love it like that's the best thing. Oh, there is. It's just oh. <laughs> 
Look at his beard. I'm going to put it on Twitter right now. His beard. It, it's like there's that Doritos ad where the the guys are in drag and in like that one guy has the Doritos all in his beard. Repugnant. <laughs> I still need to buy you a Gwildor action oh. figure. Ugh, Gwildor. Look at that. Look at that disgusting beard. Covered <laughs> in sauce. It's horrible. Gwildor was a lot for me to deal with as a kid. Yeah, he was a little bit more capable than Orko, but uh, he was twice as quirky, maybe. Well, yeah, I like the... I mean, the final scene where he's wearing, like, Hannibal Lecter at the end of Sons of the Lambs glasses and, like, a like a, like a a Panama hat, like... I don't <laughs> yeah. When was the last time you watched the, the Dolph Lundgren Masters of the Universe movie? Here we go. I'll have to do that shit away. <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. Seriously. Uh, it's a classic. When did it come out? Ooh, when did it come out? 80... 80 something. I mean, like... 87? 88 was the last time I was <laughs> So you're due then. We, we definitely oh, have to do... Oh, no, man. We definitely have to schedule another live tweet and watch that. Oh, God. It's worth watching just for Frank Langella playing Skeletor and, like, devouring scenery at every turn. The name of the, the butterfly-looking thing she wrote is Cal. Yeah, that's right. K-O-W-L. Uh, I yeah I like that that just showed up and did nothing. I feel like that was maybe its role a lot, but again I've never actually watched a full episode of Shira. It's, my whole experience is with this show. I had completely forgotten that Swiftwind could talk. Yeah, but it sounds so weird. Like that is not a nice horse voice. No, not at all. It's gonna give people nightmares and shit. I don't know. Horse seem to like it. <laughs> I just mean like also when you Google Skeletor live action pictures of Mumra also come up, which begs the question: Who would win, Mumra or Skeletor? I feel like the answer is obviously Skeletor, but I am biased. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they both have uh, they both have weaknesses for sure. At least Skeletor's power like is his own. Mumra has to rely on the dark gods to give it to him. All you have to do is break his temple, and Mumra's powers don't work. He's begging for the power all the time. I mean, it's it, it clearly Skeletor would win. This is what I do like on Sundays: be like hmm, Mumra. Um, I also saw that there's a Rob Liefeld cover to Star Wars in between watching and, and going on with you guys. That's clearly the one I want. The one that's an homage to New Mutants 98? Yes! Yeah, I saw that earlier. I want it! There's some other really good ones. I'm, they're doing like 10 different variants for Star Wars 1. I think that the answer, my friend, is that they're actually doing almost 50 variants for Star Wars 1. Wow. Because that because comics, that's why. Yeah. I mean, I think so. When I signed on Bleeding Cool this morning, there was like, Rob Liefeld number 49 of the Star Wars 1 variants. I mean, I didn't get asked to do one, but, you know, time is still, I mean, we still have time. I can draw things. I can draw like a really bad, uh, like a really bad portrait of like usually Swamp Thing. Huh. <laughs> I, I can draw a little bit as well, but I'm not anywhere near what I'd consider good. <laughs> Pretty hard to screw up Swamp Thing. He has a, he has a muck-encrusted mockery of a man. That could actually be an even better and, and easier to pull off in an hour live watch is if you if you find the pilot of the Swamp Thing animated cartoon, also <laughs> hilarious. I've never seen that. What? Oh, my God. Okay, well, hold on, sir. <laughs> Swamp Thing. I'm adding it to my agenda. <laughs> I'm going to find you the cartoon intro that um, Swamp Thing intro. Here we go. Uh, I just want to point out, uh, and I'll tweet it at you, I just want to point out that it utilizes, of course, Wild Thing. As it should. But rewrites it about Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing, you are amazing. You make everything groovy, I believe is what it says. 
yeah, I can't believe you've never seen that. It's going to change your life. All right, I'm about to watch this real quick. It's only a minute long. It's so bad. And actually, the guy that voices one thing is on Sunday. <laughs> you fight everything nasty. You fight flashy with like lightning bolts oh my god like you need to find to watch the whole thing like it begins with these kids who like are poor and basically like live on the street however they've been able to jury rig a like dune buggy with big nets so they can go frog in uh and catch <laughs> frogs in, in in the jungle where they of course run afoul of swamp thing who doesn't like them taking his frogs it's really <laughs> great I can't really say more about it because you're going to watch it, but it's, it's a treasure. Did Charlie Sheen voice this one thing? That would have been awesome. I wish that he's that through. He's winning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to find that and watch it. And We can definitely do a live tweet of that, or we can do one of the uh, Dolph Lundgren He-Man. I'd, I'd be down for that as well. You get Netflix Christmas. Swamp <laughs> Thing animated? Swamp Thing. <laughs> get it for me. I'd love that. Find it. <laughs> That'd be great. Dude, there was a toy that came with it where you could, like, put a to- an action figure in it and, like, spin it around. I forget what the machine was called. It had some amazing name. Um, and then, like, they would turn into a mutant and come out. It was, like, right up there with the uh, the Terminator 2 action figure my parents would let me get where you, like, put a skeleton in. And some, like, most likely highly carcinogenic, like, toy flesh would flow over it. I remember that. I remember that toy. Yeah, I was not allowed to get that because my parents, rightly so, were probably sure that that was toxic, the fake skin that went over it. Of course, it could be, it could have just been like peanut butter. Who knows? Yeah, I had a friend that had it, and it was like some kind of hot, like melted plastic stuff that went over the skeleton and, and like you had to let it harden. And I remember it took like 25, 30 minutes for it to cool enough that you could actually play with the toy. I just... I wanted that real bad. Of course, Terminator 2 was the first movie that gave me nightmares anyway. I was so sure that I was going to end up being Sarah Connor, like, <laughs> pulling at that, pulling at the fence, trying to tell people the bomb was going to drop. It was one of my first scary movies, too, that really, like, affected me because I thought my grandmother was a Terminator. Come with me. I mean, do you know she wasn't? Uh, she didn't kill me, so I'm guessing. She should have. I think you accosted her. <laughs> I just love that, like, in the 90s, like, you could have an R-rated movie and, like, put parents in a corner by, like, also having action figures for children from it, for a movie that they weren't allowed to go see. Although, when I type in Terminator 2 toys, I come upon what looks like a Rock'em Sock'em Robots between, oh my god, it is, between Terminator and T-1000. Holy shit. I want this right now. That's also going on the internet. Hold on. (laughs) Hey, Steve, have you seen the uh, Skeletor or Honda commercials? Yes, and I'm, I'm super excited about them, as you might not be surprised to hear. I just love that, I mean, uh, of course, Skeletor hasn't been doing much recently, so he's available, but still. 
Yeah, they need to bring He-Man back. Well, I mean, they tried with that He-Man versus the Lizardmen show that happened, like, I don't know, within the past couple of years, I think. <laughs> you just look at that Rock'em Sock'em Terminator. Like, there's never been, like, a, a, a we- weirder combination of things that are not appropriate for kids and That's things that are. Awesome. I'd, I'd play with that. <laughs> I would, too. That is pretty badass. The heads pop up with zapping sounds. You win. <laughs> in Soviet Russia, a Terminator hits you. I'm bearing off, swearing off. It is a match of power punching action. Oh my god, I really want someone to find me one of those. <laughs> nice KO. Flawless victory. <laughs> Knock Terminators or a T-1000's head off, and you win. What do you win? Absolutely nothing. No, the machine actually, like, dispensed a quarter for you. It gives you cab fare? What? That would be <laughs> um, but anyway, so, but no, I would definitely come back to watch uh, some other crazy, I mean, there's uh, so many other things that I could unleash upon you guys. I assume that you know that there was a Toxic Crusaders cartoon. I was just about to say that. <laughs> Toxie is one of my absolute favorites, Toxie? man. I have... I have all four of the movies on DVD and the uh, animated movie. I don't have the series. Yeah. I guess I should get the series. But, like, that show, more than anything else, like, there's no way a seven-year-old kid should watch The Toxic Avenger, and yet there it was as a cartoon version that was sanitized. It doesn't even make sense. He kills a guy with an ice cream shake maker in that movie. <laughs> well, he crushes a guy's head with a weight. I can watch the first one. Something really unsettled me about the second one where he, like, pushes a guy into a basketball shape and dunks him. That's the Sergeant Kabuki Man one, right? I could not – I couldn't watch it. I And I feel bad saying that, but something about it disgusted me in a very vis- visceral way. Have you uh, have you watched three or four? No, I haven't. I, clearly, I should. You should watch four. Three is not very good, but four uh, is <laughs> – like there's an alternate reality where there's basically reverse Toxie, <laughs> and he's like this evil drug lord kingpin kind of guy. His feet are deformed. What's re- oh okay? And they get uh, they get swapped. So Toxie goes into this world where everybody's all evil and doing drugs and and breaking the law constantly, and he's like the only good guy there. And bad Toxie come. They call him uh, Moxie, I think. He <laughs> comes to our world and. Uh, like people keep asking him for help and he'll just keep like basically screwing people over. <laughs> well, you know, you are actually describing the plot of, of DC's forever evil crossover. I just want you to know that. Yeah. They weren't very original. <laughs> You're talking about citizen Toxie. Yes. <laughs> that does look pretty great. <clears throat> does evil Toxie have a goatee? Because that would really please me. I think he does. It's been a while since I watched it. No, it's, he doesn't have a goatee. I'm looking at a side by side. He has, like, really dumb-looking hair. There's something different about him, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he has, like, a little bit of, like, front hair, like a little Charles Bronson part, connected, but, like, no other hair in his head. He only has bangs. Um, I would probably watch that. Here's a guy with his intestines out. That probably happens in the movie, I'm sure. <laughs> the Noxious Offender. His name is Noxie. That's right, it was Noxie, yeah. David Matei as the Toxic Avenger slash the Noxious Avenger slash Chester's fellatio customer. Um... I'm more interested in this movie now, I suppose. Uh, Caleb Emerson as Rex Diaper. Uh, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> Are you a big fan of trauma in general? It's hard. I like what they do, I, but I have weird 
problems with like extreme cheesecakey gore. I don't mind like quote unquote realistic gore, but I I can't watch some zombie movies for the same reason. Like, which doesn't make any sense. I realize that. Like, I I can watch like Silence of the Lambs where he's like making an art display out of someone's intestines, but I can't watch like Shaun of the Dead. Uh, and and so I realize that's ridiculous, but I don't really know why that is. Huh. Um, I don't like intestines. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But anyway, so I like I like the trauma exists. Um, You're more of a severed limbs kind of guy. I'm. <laughs> that guy's on Twitter, so I hope that he's listening. He's <laughs> got severed limbs. People on Twitter are now also talking about Last Action Hero, which is another classic. There's so many things. Yeah, I, I thought about doing Jingle All the Way next year. Oh, oh, I've only I've only seen that one time. Even I, I mean, it's got Sinbad in it, which is really the death knell. <laughs> anyway, so I've only seen Jingle All the Way once. Though when I was looking, actually, when I was looking for the He Man Shira Christmas special on Amazon this morning, I didn't know that there's a Jingle All the Way two, apparently featuring Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, I really don't want to watch that one. <laughs> Get on! I mean, I just love his career now. He's so obviously the guy that he's like the fat, goofy guy that gets called when like beefcakes like can't do sequels since he was also in the Tooth Fairy 2. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well. <laughs> uh, he has a career. There's no denying that. Of filling in for former bodybuilders. Uh, I mean, like, I wonder what else he has coming up. I'll find out using the internet. Um he was in a he was in Medea Christmas. There's so much I don't know. <laughs> That's like a whole nother world. <laughs> but anyway, be watching Jingle All the Way too as a team. Uh, even I have my limits. But should we talk about comics a little bit? Before yes. I like I mean, we've just been rambling about He Man, but I haven't been on the show in a couple months or uh, longer, maybe. So you know, we can talk about comics. Let's talk about comics then. What have you been up to since uh, September? Well, there's some things. Uh, there's some things hopefully happening for next year that sadly I can't talk about yet. Otherwise, I would. I'd be really excited to. But there's been things going on. Um, and I did do this thing called Farago Comics, which is on Twitter and it's on the internet. My friends launched it. Uh, it's a free to reader service where you get uh, where you get your comic book content for free for your iPad and things like that. So I did put my book The Kitchen Witch up on there, which uh, hasn't been released widely before, and so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and they're expanding to other devices such as iPhones or your Android tablets and devices very soon. So I think it's a great thing. Um, and I'm really proud of the Kitchen Witch. It's like the only time I've done a kid's book. Very challenging for me because I can't swear or like have sex scenes. Uh, so it was probably the most challenging thing I've ever done, actually, for people who read Undertow. But I got it done, um, and it's got really fun art and things like that. It's kind of like an it's kind of like Chronicles of Narnia, but set in a kitchen. Uh, so there's all types of like culinary fantasy happening and like witchy type explosions. Anyway, it's a fun book. And otherwise, I've just been planning on things for 2015, which are still in the secret motions phase right now. So I can't give you a lot, but things are happening. Uh, things that would be very exciting for me to tell people about. But it's also will involve plenty of like exploding faces and like people punching through people's kneecaps because it's comics that I'm writing. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> those things will all be there. Yeah, we were just talking about you not too long ago. We talk about you all the time. <laughs> Stalkers. Oh, we're talking to Ryan Burton about you. Oh, because I did like the one line of translation for uh, Dark Engine. For Dark Engine, yeah. Well, 
I love that book. So I, I and I like Ryan. Ryan is a good guy. So I'm hopefully he said hopefully he was lying about me constantly, and it was well. <laughs> he only had good things to say. So he yeah. So yes. <laughs> Justin edited everything else out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you've been doing a lot of uh, anthologies as well, too. We had Heather Antos on the show back in October, and she told us you submitted a story for her anthology. I did do that. That's true. Um, it's uh, And I like that story a lot. Heather is like a, a very strong go-getter that I'm very, uh, I'm very excited to see making comics happen. So, you yeah, know, I did a little story with a public domain character that I've always been uh, a fan of called Pharaoh the Interplanetary Detective. Uh, which is was really fun to write. He's like, I mean, I really like the absurd Golden Age type characters, and he's really absurd. He's like a Vincent Price SPI that can turn into an ape monster at will. Um, so I just did a little story with him because I thought it was really fun, and I got to put in some weird food notes uh, in there too because, you know, it's eight pages, so I had to talk about something strange and some weird food bits in addition to having ape monsters versus other aliens punching people. So it's a fun story. And Heather is uh, super energetic, so I like her a lot. I'm looking forward to reading it. We we both uh, pitched into her Kickstarter, so as soon as that comes out, we should be able to talk about it. Yeah, when does it come out? That's a good question. I'm actually not sure. Um, some sometime in the beginning of next year is is what the Kickstarter officially says, but there's no official release date as far as I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you looked at the Amazon reviews for Undertow lately? Do I want to? So I was I was. Uh, so the answer is obviously no. Um, but Probably not. We, we decided to give away a copy of Undertow to one of our listeners. And I went and I bought a copy on Amazon. And I was looking at the reviews and some people just were outright rude in the way they trashed the book. But it wasn't about your writing. Everybody liked the story and everybody liked the concept behind it. But a lot of people had a problem with RDM's art, mm-hmm. which I thought was weird because I really liked his art. I really dug his style and it fit the book so well. Uh, so I put a I put a five star review out there for you, and uh, basically told all of them if they didn't like it, go fuck themselves. <laughs> no, well, thank you. First of all, well, no, I'll read them. I mean, I have no problems with the reviews. I mean, realistically, when you oh the one stars though are usually pretty good. Maybe I'll go and look at that one. Um, no, I mean, I, I've always liked. I, I used to get worked up about things like that, and then like someone reviewed. Spent this whole time, diatribe about how bad the book was, and then like listed my name and like didn't even credit me as me, like some other dude. Like so, like I don't know how closely he read it when he was like, "Oh, Undertow by Luke Vondersloot," and I was like, "Okay, man, um, <laughs> I can't even like I can't even be hurt by that. It's impossible to." Uh, so I mean, it's all every when you, when you do something, it's read by thousands and thousands of people. People are some people are bound to not like it. Yeah. And if you're doing something that appeals to everyone, you're Michael Bay, and um, I don't want to be that guy. Like I told Ryan Burton uh, when we were talking about Dark Engine, Steve, uh, he was talking about how, because we were talking about, I don't need miniseries anymore, I hate miniseries, because I get all attached and it's like, ah. But uh, he was kind of like, you know, be a little depressed about what critics say about the book, you know, it might get to him a little bit, and I came back and told him the same thing to you, who gives a damn what they say? It's the people like us that are buying your books and the readers and everybody else who you're out there for. The guys that pay the money to see you and enjoy your books and are anxious waiting for you to write something new. I thought Underhill was amazing. We do uh, we have some lists coming out here next couple episodes. And, uh, I won't spoil it, but... <laughs> you can spoil it okay, for well, Steve. We did top five. Uh, we, did, we, did t- we did top five ongoing, top five uh, miniseries, and top five new we, books. Yeah. And you made our top five miniseries, obviously. You're oh, that's awesome, dude. Thank you. 
Yeah, Undertow was actually the number two miniseries for both of us for the entire year. It's only one book that we thought were was slightly better. That's okay. <laughs> I'm changing it. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like Translucid was was just amazing. It, it actually ended up in our top one slot, but Undertow was right behind it. We both loved that book. That's great. They had a horse. <laughs> <laughs> you should have added a horse, man. That's all it took as, to- you might, as you might remember, horses are the one thing our team wanted that I, we didn't get in. So, god damn it! <laughs> no, uh, listening right now, you were right, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're anxiously awaiting Virgil. Yeah, dude, that'll happen. And when you see what else is coming up, it'll be exciting too. Not to be like a total cock tease, but here I am being a total cock tease. <laughs> but the, yeah, no, I mean. And he and our team and I are working on some other stuff too. Hopefully for next year, there's things happening. Of course, you have me reading these reviews now. But as I said, like I don't, I, I think they're all funny. Like, and you're right, not everyone appeals. Like Michael Bay does not appeal to everyone. But uh, having said that, you know, shooting for the middle always leads to more people being kind of okay with it, but no one really liking what you do. That's just sort of how I feel about that. But like, you know, like, and I'm fine with that. But. Thanks for reminding me that I'm on Amazon though, because I obviously totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the Christmas season. I've been selling wine all day and just pet and just sleeping when I get home. So I need to get, <laughs> remember that I also make comics. That's what this was for. But so, what are you guys reading and liking now? Because I've actually just got my my monthly pack of comics last week, and there was so much fun stuff in there. I recently discovered, uh, and then Emily was gone, which is like one of my new favorite books. If you're not reading it, you should check it out. Yeah, Joe Keating. We had him on the show a few weeks ago. Uh, he turned us onto that book. I I love it. I read the, I read the whole series in one sitting. Um, I, I actually need to get that guy on the show. <laughs> Can't think of his name right now. It's escaping me. But I, I really liked that series. Uh, John Lee's and Ian Laurie. They both have adorable Scottish accents. I don't think I, I don't think you've read it yet. Have you? Which one was that? And and then Emily was gone. No, no. Yeah, I have it downloaded. I, I need to give it to you. <laughs> like you don't have enough to read. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but as far as stuff we've been reading that we've been enjoying, um, Southern Bastards has been really good. Saga's been really good. East of West. Uh, what? Come on, man. Nailbiter. God hates astronauts. Come on, throw it out. God hates astronauts has been a wacky and fun. Uh, have you read Birthright from Josh Williamson? Uh, I haven't yet. I'm waiting for Williamson to send me a trade because we're friends. That's probably, I probably just buy it. Um, that's I, probably I, my favorite that's, new that's, series. It's I really good. My comic brother guilt him at Emerald City Comic Con for a trade, but now you foiled my plans. <laughs> Shutter. Shutter's really good. Yeah. Deep State, Coffin Hill. Yeah, Justin Jordan's doing some really good stuff with Deep State. Coach. That is a great way to name drop Deep State because Artyom does variant covers for Deep State. So I'm a big proponent of that book. I love it. Um, I haven't gotten issue two yet because I get my books in a monthly thing that I only I only heard issue one so far, but I thought it was really fun. Yeah. Um, and I like Southern Bastards too. I was like, uh, I, again, I, I haven't gotten my set of the so far Coach Boss arc yet, but the first four issues were astoundingly good. And not just because I love barbecue. Like, there's a lot of good drama in there too. Did you read uh, Bitch Planet, Steve? I have one coming, but it'll be it'll be coming at the end of the month. I, I saw that people are getting worked up about it, so I'm instantly interested in it. It's it's really good. It's hard to explain, but it's really good. Yeah, what is it? So, I mean, like, what is the elevator on it? It's a prison planet full of ladies? It's a prison planet full of ladies, and they're kind of mistreated and abused by the guards. And then there's a couple of them that show up one day that just aren't going to take the bullshit and kind of start a rebellion or a riot, whatever you want to call it. And I don't really know where the story's going, but there's 
some really strong dialogue in the book and some really crazy stuff that goes on in just a few pages. I, I want to check it out. I mean, I like um, I like the idea, and obviously, I did Virgil, so I like exploitation. So it's it's definitely right up my alley. I'm just, I I get I I need my care package to come from Syracuse, uh, and then I will definitely be up to speed on it. Don't forget to get your sex criminals. <laughs> oh God, Zadars. I did a panel with that with those guys at New York City Comic Con, and it was insane. I can only imagine. <laughs> it was really crazy. I, I have you had them on the show? Like no. I've heard things about Zadarsky going on podcasts. I would love to have Zadarsky on the show. I, I I know some people that know him directly, so I may try to work those channels and get him on the show. So you can talk just about the tips. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I don't. I don't really know what to expect. I mean, that guy is a definitely a character and a persona. I mean, everything he does is entertaining. Come on, man. We had even when he's not writing. Come on, we had Williams on here talking about pooping spiders. What else? Come on. <laughs> you had Ryan Burton talking about drinking and his wife laughing at him in the background, telling me he sucks. What well, else could you have? Well, I, you, you don't read all the news sites. You don't know everything that goes on in the comic world except for what I tell you on the show. Like uh, there was a there was a huge <laughs> convention. I think it was in Vancouver earlier in the year, and Zadarsky didn't get his table for some reason. So he set up a shop right outside the convention. He basically took a Barca lounger and built like his own display around himself, hang- hanging up uh, sex criminals books and a big sign that says Zdarskon. And just sat out there and, and sold stuff and took pictures and did interviews. And he like held his own panel. <laughs> now see, that's freaking awesome. That's our kind of guy. Yeah. Zdarsky seems crazy, man. He seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I heard the, I heard a variety of stories about him, like doing like video shows and like showing up and like wearing like tidy whities on the video chat. And I'm just like, there's a lot, he's a lot to deal with in a good way. There's a lot going on there. I suppose, but it was it, he was entertaining at the panel. I was like blithering like an idiot at the whole thing because I was sitting next to Frank quietly and trying not to embarrass myself, which I in fact did, so that was fine. But um, no, Sex Criminals is awesome, and Fractions Odyssey I thought was fun too. I just read the first issue. I liked it too. Miguel didn't really get into it. He thought it was too much uh, information to digest at once. I think that it's going to – I want to give it – I see that. Like I want to give it a couple issues to see how it develops. I did think that it was uh, art versus words a little hard to follow. Uh, but I'm willing to see if they can sort of find their groove since I like the – I know Fraction put a lot of work into like the the pentameter and sort of flow of everything. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a couple more. But I, I see that because I think that there was sort of a – a conflict right now between between sort of the the lettering and the art. So, but it, it can come together. You can always fix that. Yeah. What do you want to say? I was gonna message you right now. Top five interviews on Comical Podcasts. Breaking Bad for me. <laughs> top five, five interviews. Top five. <laughs> Spontaneous interview. Fun, funny guys. Funny guys. We'll, we'll make it that way. So you can't be like, oh, he was a great interview. No, I want funny guys. In. Top five best interviews we've had this year so far. Probably Josh Williamson's five. Okay. Adam and Mike. Okay. Uh, number three is kind of tough. Probably Omar or Seek. Probably Seek. Seek Donnelly, number three. Okay. Number two is probably, or definitely, Alex Link. And then number one is uh, the great Steve Orlando. <laughs> of course. That's a, <laughs> I was waiting to see what you were going to do with that. So you handled that with grace. I like that a lot. <laughs> see, mine was, uh, it's kind of funny you said that. It would have been Seek. Then it would have been Joshua Hale, even though I wasn't involved. I listened to it. Uh, Alex Link. Joshua Williamson and the great Steve Orlando. <laughs> that's that's how I do. It. I mean, and Steve, we, I BS about it all the time. I always yell at him for calling you just Steve Orlando, and I 
keep on telling we're going to keep on messing with you till you change your tag to the great Steve Orlando? <laughs> well, you can you know you can get me and Williamson on here at the same time. I'm, I'm I'll always appear with Williamson if he's coming on Comical Podcast. So God, that'd be awesome. That'd be a oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that sometime in 2015. We'll have like. A group session. I think you know what, because Josh also likes pro wrestling like more than I do. I think what we should do is get him on the show, uh, and we should probably watch um, Suburban Commando. Oh man, <laughs> Hulk Hogan! <laughs> I'm down um, for that. Or, Make that happen. What? No three ninjas? Or, I'll give you guys an option. Or three ninjas hiding at Mega Mountain. Your silence tells me you haven't lost two hours to that movie, but clearly I have. <laughs> That's, that's the third one in that series, right? Uh, yeah, Three Ninjas, Three Ninjas Kickback, Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. I sadly have watched them all. I think I only saw the first two. I don't think I actually ever watched the third one. I can't even really remember what the rationale for Three Ninjas is, but yes, I did see them all. And now that I've Googled it, I think that the guy that plays their mysteriously Asian grandfather, despite them all being white as hell, is also the guy that's from Kickboxer. Or one of those types of movies. So I'm pretty excited about that. Hmm. Um, these look... I don't even know if I could watch Three Ninjas now as an adult. These pictures are horrifying. <laughs> Let me see something here real quick. You made me think of something. I think I watched the first one like last year. I think I was this, sick and it came on TV and I watched it. This kid with the backwards hat, the blue one, is really the one... First of all, he looks like the youngest kid from Home Improvement. And might be the youngest kid from Home Improvement. Who, by the way, that actor has like an organic yogurt job now. He he's turned into a real strange guy because I obviously looked at his Wikipedia more than once. But um, young siblings Rocky, Colt, and Tum Tum Douglas. What self-respecting person would accept the name Tum Tum? Uh, arrive for their summer stay with their ninjutsu master grandpa. Totally reasonable. Victor Wong, their grandfather. That's Egg Chen. That's that's what I was thinking. I remember that's Big Trouble Little China. That's, That's what it is. I'm sorry. You are totally right. <laughs> One of my favorite movies Ag of Chan. all time. <laughs> Have you read that comic series? I Yeah, dude, because Chirilla did a cover for Undertale. I love that shit. And I love John Carpenter. Yeah, I picked that sucker up every week. <laughs> oh, my God. He was also in Year of the Dragon, which is a ridiculous, ridiculous movie starring Mickey Rourke and John Lone, the villain from The Shadow. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm su- I'm unabashedly a fan of the Ale- of the Alec Baldwin Shadow movie. It's absurd. I love every th- word he says in that movie. I, you know, I've only ever seen it twice, uh, but both times I watched it was like right when it first came out of VHS when I was a kid, and I I freaking loved it. Like I was obsessed with the Shadow for about three months, and then when it <coughs> when my birthday or Christmas or whatever came around, I begged my mom to get me a copy, and she never did. And I've never gone back and watched it, but. Now I, think um, I mean, it's pretty bad, but there are moments of goodness. Also, like, I mean, the fact that Peter Boyle is his cab driver, his delivery of everything is just ridiculous. I mean, they shoot guns at each other and the bullets hit and crinkle against each other um, because they're so alike. It's really, I mean, so I went to I um, elementary school with Alec Baldwin's niece so on top of all that, like the only piece of movie memorabilia I have in my whole life is a signed Shadow movie poster from Alec Baldwin. I have nothing else. That's still pretty uh, cool. I mean, if you're a fan, it's got to be awesome have. The movie is ridiculous. It's got Alec Baldwin with long fingernails speaking Chinese as an opium dealer. How could you not want to see that again? And his chest hair is 
ridiculous. It's the type of thing that would get him fired from a movie in 2014. It's really worth watching again. What I, I, I argue with Frank Barbieri about this because he feels that the Phantom Smash Evil is a better 1990s bad superhero movie. And I feel that The Shadow is superior as bad 1990s movies go. Maybe it just comes down to Billy Zane or Alec Baldwin. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it again. It's been way too long. Billy Zane? Yeah. <laughs> the Phantom, here's the thing about the Phantom, though. Like, Billy Zane is real terrible in it, but he's fighting Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa, who is awesome. So, who's the guy that plays, the guy that plays Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat? Your soul is mine. <laughs> he's great. I would watch him do anything. He could read me a McDonald's menu, and I would order everything on it if he did it. So, like... Welcome to McDonald's. What would you like to eat? <laughs> Lord Orlando. <laughs> Your Big Mac is mine. <laughs> I got it. We can watch. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Mr. Egg Chin was also in Tremors. Remember, he was the guy that owned the store that was always wanted to buy stuff. Oh, yeah. He wanted to buy the, the, the Graboid's tongue from the one kid. <laughs> That's right. Man. But you want to watch bad Hulk Hogan movies, we can watch No Holds Barred. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, man. I don't know. I just remember that in Suburban Commando, the the uh, the name of the villain was Suter, uh, and he had like really lame makeup. I need to go see <laughs> Shelley Duvall was in that movie. That's so depressing. She's the wife from fucking um, The Shining, and now she's in a movie with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> That's really sad. Watch some Gremlins too, where Hogan gets up and yells at the. Yells at the Gremlins and tells them, hey, stop messing with the film, and they put it back on. <laughs> oh, my God. Gremlins used to scare the shit out of me when I was younger. Um, clearly, I had, like, weird things that frightened me when I was a kid because, like, again, certain movies didn't, but I was always really worried about, like, Gremlins showing up. And they're not even that scary, if I remember correctly. No, I don't think I was ever frightened by Gremlins. I mean, there was definitely stuff that bothered me, but that wasn't one of them. I mean, I feed my dog after midnight constantly. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get up. Your soul is mine. <laughs> the Mortal Kombat movie is a classic, though. For, like, I, I don't know how much... I don't even know what we haven't ever talked about, but whenever Teen Wolf is on, I will not watch, but I will spend the entire hour trolling Lyndon Ashby on Twitter because he's Johnny Cage. Yeah, we, we talked about that because remember the last episode that we had you on, we actually named it. Those were $500 sunglasses, asshole. Okay, we did talk about it. Thank God. <laughs> because I love – like I hope that someday I run into Lyndon Ashby at like a con or something and he's like – and he just wants to like punch me in the throat. I would take it. I don't, I, I don't know if I told you I spent – I like I was – I once went to this uh, premiere at Comic-Con of the movie Trick or Treat, uh, the anthology horror movie featuring right. uh, Brian Cox. Is that the little the little doll named Sam? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> I have the movie on Blu-ray. <laughs> anyway, I was sitting behind Cox, and I wanted so badly, like, I was just, I wanted him to punch me. Because um, I want to have a story like, like George Costanza getting bit by John Voight. I want to get punched by Brian Cox. Anyway, I tried to get, for like, the whole movie, I was trying to get him to do it. And then we were, like, exiting through the green area, and I was, like, loudly making fun of his performance in Troy. But... Sadly, he would not. Every son of Troy will die. Like, and I couldn't get anything out of him, uh, which was really disappointing for me. But I really, to this day, I really wanted to, like, get, get in some fisticuffs with some minor actor. So if I can run into Lyndon Ashby, that would be really great for me. It's good to have a dream. That was Agamemnon, right? No. Yes. That's right. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, 
he was totally shite in that movie. We almost got uh, attacked by Brian Thompson. Yeah, we did. I thought he was gonna like <laughs> hold us up. I just found like this really chummy portrait of the cast of Mortal Kombat that I'm sending to you guys. It's really dumb. Um, and of course, in the middle is my idol Christopher Lambert, looking like a complete stooge. <laughs> <laughs> Have I have we discussed why I love Christopher Lambert? I always forget what we have and haven't talked about. Like No, we have not talked about Christopher Lambert. Okay, so first of all, I love in a not fake way, like Lyndon Ashby, I just like that he still like is trying to exist. But but Christopher Lambert I actually like because if you go on his Wikipedia page, which I want to be true, like there's a there's a note about how like he's famous for his intense stare. And it explains that his intense stare is not acting. It's that he's actually just so nearsighted, he can't see what's going on. <laughs> Which the fact that his whole career is based around that is amazing. And he's such a bad actor that I find it a joy to watch. I mean, he played fucking Raiden. He's a French guy. Uh, no, it's great. I could watch him cackle pretty much endlessly. The fact that he wasn't in The Expendables is a crime to me. There's a super cut of him laughing on, on YouTube. Hold on. <laughs> Oh my god, it teased me. There's a, there's supposed to be a YouTube of him laughing, but it didn't he didn't laugh. That's terrible. Anyway, the point is Christopher Lambert is great and he should be in every movie. Um I don't know if you've seen the movie Fortress that he stars in, but if you haven't, you should also watch that immediately. I'll put it on the list. Uh famous it's like it's like Bitch Planet starring Christopher Lambert, because he goes to this like hyper prison run by I feel like it's run by the the dad from that seventies show. Uh <laughs> You're going to kick their asses. <laughs> but the fact is, the only reason you need to watch the movie is because when the people act up in the... Oh, it is Kurtwood Smith. It really is the dad from that 70s show. Um, <laughs> no, when the people act up in the prison, they a bomb goes off in their stomach that obviously kills them immediately. But the point is, it's called intestinating, which is one of the best phrases ever. So he's like, I'm going to intestinate you, which sounds like a lot of things that don't mean blowing up your stomach. That's almost as good as severed. Oh my god. You need also that picture of Lambert you just posted to me is a treasure. He's wonderful. Look at that guy. Because <laughs> he's in on the joke. He knows he's only gonna last for so long. He knows he's not an actor. He's just he's hoping people don't find out for another couple of years. I love him. he's great. I guarantee, by the way, if I post the phrase intestinate on Twitter. Someone who is not you guys will respond. <laughs> it might be Mike from from Headlock, who also lives in Albany. I gained so many followers. I gained six whole followers from this tweet up. Awesome. <laughs> but is there any other comic news we got to talk about? Can we talk about Andrew Garfield getting kicked out of Spider-Man? Very sad for me. Yeah, we can talk about that. Uh, because he was great. Um, I, I, I'm really bummed out by that. I feel like he was the most... Like, he looked like a Steve Ditko drawing, so it's really extremely sad for me that he will be out. To be fair, though, Amazing Spider-Man 2 was somewhat disappointing. It had its moments, but I, overall, yeah. Um, it also had moments where Electro plays the Itsy Bitsy Spider song using power converters. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with you. I thought Andrew Garfield was actually a, a really good choice for the role of Peter Parker in Spider-Man. It's kind of weird that Marvel has such animosity towards him. And it's even weirder that they want to go back backwards and get back to uh, Toby Maguire in that role. Oh, I didn't see that part of the news, but isn't Toby like fifty? That just doesn't even make sense. 
Yeah, well, they the, some of the memos said that they wanted to go back to the original casting. Yeah, that would be a terrible idea. So, like, Kirsten Dunn's I Can't Forgive for Being in Melancholia. So, uh, <laughs> Wow, I'm surprised you've seen that movie. I, I thought I was the only one. No, I had to see it because I watched it. I read this interview with her that was, like, one of the most, like, repulsive and, like, brain-dead interviews I've read where she was, like, said something to the effect of, like, they were like, why did you get this role and not Charlotte Gainsbourg? And she was like, well, this role is really for a well-endowed, big-breasted actress. And I was just like, what? Who are you? Uh, and, and who says those things with a straight face? So after that, I had to watch it because she's clearly so oblivious to the world. Um, also, this Shang Tsung picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, for most of the movie, she did just kind of sit there with a vacant look on her face. So That's every movie she's in, except for Interview with the Vampire. She looks like she's on, she's been like secretly like sucking on a dube the entire run of Spider-Man. That, I don't know, like that, it, it all clicked for me in like the amazing, the Spider-Man 2 trailer. There's that like zooming in shot of her as like Doc Ock. Like comes to steal her from Peter Parker, and she looks as though she is like ast- being astrally projected into that into that shot. Like she's barely in attendance in that movie. Anyway, that's the end of my Kirsten Dunst uh, rant. Most people who do their best work at twelve, you know, are commercial actors. But having said that, hey, hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. <laughs> you know, McConaughey winning an Oscar and then going back and doing a car commercial. <laughs> Sometimes you got to go backwards to go for McConaughey, <laughs> the thing about his Lincoln commercial is he did push out my boy John Slattery, so I'm very conflicted about those. Uh, because I'm going gray at the age of 29, so I secretly aspire to become John Slattery. But, uh, you know, McConaughey was just doing a two-hour Lincoln, actually, excuse me, a three-hour-long Lincoln commercial in Interstellar as it was, so... <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have gone to see Big Hero 6 instead, which I've heard is great. Yeah, I've heard that too. I haven't been to see that either. I should go to see it because I'm friends with Steve Siegel and he created Big Hero 6. And if he is listening to this, which is probably not, but if he is, he'll be immediately begin guilting me for not seeing it yet. Uh, and his guilt powers are pretty strong. Like it's like <laughs> him and then it's like him and then my mother. <laughs> And my mother could make me feel bad about curing cancer, so it's it's pretty it's pretty high up there. What are you doing? Think about all those drug companies losing their jobs. Put that away. I'm like, all right, mom, it's a cure for cancer. <laughs> Don't you know I'm just the great Steve Orlando mom? What do you <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm not a pro wrestler, okay? Like I don't speak in the third person in reality. Although maybe I should. Just be like a comic book making Bob Dole. I had a friend who did that once, uh, this dude who I was friends with for a really long time. His name was Jeff, G-E-O-F-F. And every time we went to eat anywhere, he said, Jeffrey will have the number three. (laughs) (laughs) He always ordered food in the third person. It was so weird. Did he always get the number three no matter where he was? No, I mean, we'd go to Denny's and sit down and he'd be like, Jeffrey will have the scrambled omelet. (laughs) Like, it didn't matter what it was, but he always ordered food in the third person. He He only did it at restaurants. So weird. So many books have that I've had published have been written in the back corner of the Denny's. That's like a whole other conversation. I used to go to the Denny's and outside of Syracuse, New York, so much that they just started rolling over my free refills and stopped charging me for coffee. Nice. That's a lot of time to put into Denny's, my friend. I spent my fair share there, too, back in college, but I don't go so often anymore. That's because you can't, like, no adult human can consume, like, a Grand Slamwich more than, like, once a year without getting... 
some type of heart failure. It's got <laughs> it has hash browns and an egg on a cheeseburger. I mean, that is delicious, but it's also not something you should eat like even twice in your life. Now they actually have. I don't know when the last time you went is, but clearly I'm still very up to date on these things. I'm well known enough for liking Denny's that like my friends went to Japan for a uh, honeymoon and what they sent me was a Denny's ad from Japan. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, but they now have a grilled cheese sandwich with moth sticks in it, which is pretty amazing. Mom, Justin, we know you're upscale. We know you go to IHOP. <laughs> a little oh. cheesecake factory. Yeah. Oh, he's fancy. He goes to A&I. The egg and I is pretty good. That place is great. I need to quit going. I think that's just a local place, though. I don't think they have that worldwide. I was going to say, I'm going to prove that I am from the Northeast and not know what that is. Yeah, it's, just, it's basically like a really upscale kind of place, just like Denny's or any kind of breakfast diner sort of place. But their but food's really good. Better quality food. Yeah, it's like higher quality food. It's really good. And then, of course, there's the Cheesecake Factory. They have damn good breakfast. I have never gone to Cheesecake Factory for breakfast. I, I tend to only eat that type of food after, like, much partying, which is somewhat often. I live in the same block as a place that, that every, single one, every single sandwich that they uh, sell involves chicken nuggets on the sandwich. <laughs> so if I, I, don't, I don't usually have to go far for some type of strange American food invention. I can actually just walk there. It's called Chicken Joe's. <laughs> I'd totally try that. You would. I would, too. I wasn't ever going to go. And then I looked up the menu online, and, like, the first sandwich they had was chicken nuggets, fried mac and cheese balls, fried pickles. I was like, all right, I'm already there. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm already in. Like, what's next? I, I, was Heart looking, attack. <laughs> I was looking at this on my phone and found myself in your lobby. <laughs> you die with a smile, right? <laughs> what? I, oh. <laughs> die full of food. Eh, it's good. Life's there, good. There are worse ways to go. I mean, if I die, I want it to be from something much funnier, like eating too much gogurt or something that no one eats anymore. Like a gush, gushers overdose or something. <laughs> gushers are fucking great. No, it'll only be like a Moo Town snacker, you know, something you really have to consume a lot of. He choked on a Slim Jim. I. I like buying stuff like that when you go, like, we're way off topic, by the way, as usual. <laughs> but I like buying those types of things. Like, I like getting something that is so absurd at the grocery store that the person judges you when you're checking out. Like, I bought the cappuccino lace potato chips, which do not taste good, by the way. Uh, and even the woman at the register was like, are you sure, are you, sure, are you, sure you want this? And so it's like, yeah. <laughs> like, yes, I, like, don't judge me. I want to. It's worth a shot, right? You never know unless you try it's actually a terrible idea. <laughs> I would like. Oh man, I was. It took me so long to eat those. Cause I had to eat like one a day, and then like convince myself that maybe the next one would be better. And it never was. And there are a lot of potato chips in a bag of potato chips. You never realize when you're fighting every single one. I went to a, a fellow podcaster's house to do his show not that long ago, and when I got there. He was sitting around eating chips, and he opened up this other bag of chips and was like, hey, eat one of these. And I was wary, <laughs> to say the least. But he's like, no, no, you got to try one. And I figured it was just going to be disgusting or something. But it was a corn chip, and I ate it. And I didn't really taste anything. It didn't taste weird. It was just a corn chip. And he's like, how's that? How's that? And I was like, eh, it's corn chip. Like, what, what is it supposed to? And then all of a sudden, my mouth felt the blaze of a thousand suns. It was the worst pain I've ever had in my mouth before. It was some kind of ghost pepper chip where it didn't oh. taste. 
it all of a sudden the heat just hit me and, and he was like, no, let's go podcast. And I was like, I'm a man. I need water. <laughs> like, I can't even talk. Fire. <laughs> worse than the tip I gave you? Oh, yeah. Way worse. <laughs> Took a little while to get there, but holy crap. <laughs> We had a – where I grew up, the police had a um, chicken wing eating contest. They were like, who could eat the hottest chicken wing? Anyway, the point is the guy that lives behind me was infamous because he won the contest one year by spraying mace on a chicken wing and eating it and then having to go to the hospital. Jesus. <laughs> and like, you know, I want to put that in a book someday and not give him a quarter because of how dumb it is. But to be fair, he did win, so I do respect it a little bit. I've gotten so far in down the wiki holes we've been talking. I was looking up Kurtwood Smith, who apparently played Kanjar Rowe in one of the Green Lantern animated movies. Um, Kanjar Rowe is a character that even I've never understood. Um, and now I'm on these all these weird Green Lanterns, which inevitably ends with me reading about Chasalon, the one that looks like a giant diamond. Oh, yes. With a mohawk. Chasalon is great. Although I also like Jack T. Chance. I'm not familiar with him. Jack T. Chance is a, well, allow me to tell you. He's a Green Lantern from the world of Garnet, also known as Hellhole. Physically, he's a tall, blue-skinned humanoid. Other distinguishing features include a trademark trench coat, which appears to be brown, leather pants, and a skull on his neck. Um, so he's great. Uh, and his name is Jack T. Chance. So again, that's all you really need to know. Yeah, with a name like that. He gets killed by Parallax Kyle Rayner, so you'll never see him again anyway. Spoilers for that. (laughs) Wiki obscure Green Lanterns that are already dead. Whatever, man. Alan Scott is my favorite Green Lantern. I had big plans to put him in the Justice League before the reboot. Now I can't. Very sad. It's all about Kyle Rayner, Jesus look. (laughs) Oh, he is like Jesus now, isn't he? I haven't been reading New Guardians, but isn't he essentially Jesus? Is that what's happening? Pretty much. He's uh, the white. He went all white Power Ranger on the land. He's he's got all the all the the rings. Yeah, he is. He was green and Tommy went white. Yeah. He's got the long hair like Jesus and the beard and he heals people. He goes around doing good deeds. Kanye walks behind him going, Jesus! (laughs) (laughs) You're gay fish. (laughs) Do you watch South Park, Steve? I do not. If you ever, if, if you're a fan of Kanye West, or rather, if you're not a fan of Kanye West, go go look for the South Park episode where they make fun of him because it is a riot. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Kanye West. I aspire to see him in the street and punch him in the ball sack. So uh. I, I hate him that much too. So the South Park episode is uh, going to be amazing if you go out there and watch it. I think it's just called Gay Fish. No, I really like. I want to like. I want to just like duff him in the nuts, and when he's on the ground, just say, "Look at you now." <laughs> uh, and it's all because he had to step on Tay Tay's little award winner, Beyonce's award win. I don't even like either of those people. It's just a principle. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. He's such an arrogant asshole. You no- know, if I won an Eisner now, fucking Kanye West is going to come up and say that fucking Chuck Austin should have won the Eisner instead, and I'll be really pissed off even more for anyone who. <laughs> Likes Chuck Austin's comics. I'm sorry. <laughs> Someone just posted a Johnny Cage gift to all of us, and I really like that. Yeah, I just saw that too. Other people are joining it. Yeah. We're sucking them in. Everybody's bunking. Hey, I used the word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah damn. I wonder, I wonder what Lyndon Ashby is tweeting about right now. All right, I can make fun of him for tweeting about his wife and his rescue dog. Even I have a soul. Tell him, tell him he needs to listen to our show. I'll, I mean, I'll bring you all together right now. 
wait a minute. Where? Where's? How do I do this? Johnny Cage! Sweet to Ashby talking about you right now on Comical Podcast. He's going to come kick us in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> really hope that he blocks me. Come on, Steve, tell him they're $500 sunglasses, asshole. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like he gets that at least once, uh, not nearly as much as he wants to get it. Nah, <laughs> he's like, begging. he's like, oh, can we talk about as well? And then I should probably head out, but can we talk about how hilarious it is? That uh, Jonathan Frakes is now saying he wants to direct Star Wars three or Star Trek three. You know how many people want Jonathan Frakes to direct Star Trek three? One person, Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> he was number two. <laughs> oh my god! I I want to meet. I need to see. I want to see Frakes in the green room sometime and just like start singing. One is the loneliest number. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a big Star Trek fan, Steve? Um. In a weird way, yeah. I secretly love The Final Frontier because of how ridiculous it is. Though most people, I think, consider it the worst Star Trek movie. It's the one where they meet God. Yeah. But it's so absurd. I can't help but stare at it whenever it's on. Like, they shoot the Judeo-Christian God with with Klingon lasers to beat him. Like, Kirk essentially shoots God with a laser to win. It's ridiculous. How else are you supposed to beat him? I mean, fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. But, whoa! This guy's really into Motaro. I forgot. How, <laughs> I forgot how bad that makeup job was. Oh man! <laughs> Motaro, and they skip Kintaro, who is my favorite Mortal Kombat character. Lame. Everybody, I know, no one likes Kintaro as much as Goro. I'm sure, but Kintaro is great. He's like Goro with tiger stripes, and he was super unbeatable in MK2. Yeah, I remember that. It was a pain in the ass. He <laughs> was really hard to beat. I also like Goro. I own the Goro comic books from the 90s that I think two people bought, me and the guy that wrote it. <laughs> I didn't know they existed, so yeah. Oh, well, here we go. I'll tell you that it, Goro Prince of Pain is the name of a comic book that came out, put out by Malibu. We'll have to find the trade and give it away to a listener. <laughs> I'm sure. No, please take it. You're taking it. Taking it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there is no Goro Prince of Pain trade, but let's see what happens when I put it in Amazon. Goro, like, is such a good character. Oh, you can buy the individual issues, but there is no trade. Very sad. Shucks. I know. Well, don't worry, because this is the cover. Um, I'll, I'll bring this Larry gentleman into it, too, since he won with that Motaro photo. There we go. Do we know this guy? Is he yeah, yeah, he's, he's a listener to the show. He, uh... <laughs> He's always posting funny stuff. So much ass with the Motaro that I am pretty happy. Because, <laughs> like, that Motaro looks like that picture, he looks like such a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> he, <laughs> he looks like the guy from the Sell Me Your Cell Phone commercials. <laughs> I have a lot of ideas about what he looks like, but it's not, it's not for an all ages show. Uh, <laughs> it's really. He's unsettling to me. I mean. Your Kano is well is well placed. There's no Motaro. Uh, like he looks like he just Superman some hoe and is like it like there's another bro on the other side of the camera that he's just like about to do a high five with and then maybe shotgun a beer. It's terrible. I, I want an extra favorite that. I mean that whole movie. Even as a kid, I was so pissed about the second Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, I know, like Sindel. Holy shit. She was so bad. 
Well, Shadow Khan was going to kick our ass. <laughs> oh my God, that guy that played Shao Khan too, like his jaw was enormous. Oh, and also the fact that uh, James Remar was fucking Raiden. <laughs> <laughs> James Remar, what are you doing, Dexter's dad, showing up as Raiden? <laughs> this is the problem for me with these. Like it, when you when when you spend a lot of your time watching really shit films, like you just can't divorce your ideas about people. And like I just can't take James Remar seriously, and I haven't been able to since The Warriors, which is his first movie ever. So like. He's been screwed for his whole life. I used to love the pun where they kill Kano, too, that he just posted. Come on, give me a break, snaps his neck. When I was a kid, I thought that was great. I wish I could come up with a scene that good now. Um, Robin Shu. So I'm gonna. So Robin Shu as well, I will point out, only stars in movies based off of, of single side-scrolling fighting games. I don't think he showed up in a movie since Mortal Kombat 2 until he was in Street Fighter 2. The Legend of Chun Li. Ugh. <laughs> well, that was Liu Kang, right? Yes, he had like, and also his stash in in Street Fighter was absurd. I don't know if you've seen that movie or seen pictures of it. It's horrible. <laughs> but he has the funniest mustache that I've seen in quite some time, and it is a really bad movie, especially because the first Street Fighter movie is entertainingly bad, but the Chun Li one is just not good at all. Like, I will watch the first one just to see like John Claude Van Damme like. Flex his muscle into the camera. Hilarious. I'm not uh, going home. <laughs> <laughs> and and also Raul Julia is in it. So there's plenty of reasons to watch the first one. But then, like, the guy that plays Irish Bison, uh, so much bad about that other person. <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan is Balrog. That's all that you get. But um, anyway, so we, we've gone we've far astray. We always uh, seem to do that. It's okay, though. Um, is there anything I was going to touch on before I head out here? <clears throat> Nothing in particular. You got anything, Miguel? Tell us about your wine stuff, Steve. Uh, my wine stuff? <laughs> um, I used to pair wine and comics back when I had time in my life, uh, which is not now. But um, I still do wine stuff. Um, I got to do wine stuff for Hugh Dancy from Hannibal, actually, which is really exciting for me because I love Hannibal. And no, I just, I mean, I, it's very hard job. I sample a lot of wine and scotches, um, during the day and then sell a select few of them. That's one of the harder jobs I've had, but, uh, without diving into wine stuff too much there, I've been getting into a lot of like central European and like Republic of Georgia, Croatia, uh, like Slovenian types of wines right now. So it's a good time to be Eastern and central European if you make wine because people are getting into it. Uh, and that's totally another podcast that I should be talking about, but it's really, they're really cool too. Um, Georgia, Republic of Georgia is the birthplace of winemaking. A lot of people don't know that because they, like for the past 70 years, been really sweet and like all bought by the Soviet Union. So now in the past 20 years, they're back to making really great wine. So it's a pretty exciting thing for wine nerds such as myself. Cool. Um, but yeah, right now, uh, I was like, before we watched He-Man, I was like wrapping Christmas presents and I'm drinking an, uh, this organic Chianti. So that's what I'm on right now. Not just because I was thinking of Hannibal, but it is a Chianti. Some father beans. <laughs> that's cool. And some people? What are, you, what, are you, what, are you, what are you saying about Steve? <laughs> I, to my knowledge, have never eaten in person. So I like to keep that going. You know what is also quite bad is Cyborg. The, uh, the John Claude Van Damme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I did. I found it hard to watch. It was so bad, except for the very opening scene where um, the villain like kills the, is about to kill this guy, and like he goes go to hell, and the villain goes been there, <laughs> <laughs> and like flashes this like totally eighties uh, movie villain smile, and 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 that alone is worth watching it. But it's it's pretty terrible, especially if you know the background of it, which you may or may not, and you may want to watch it more if you haven't seen it. When I tell you that Cyborg actually came about because the um, the producers uh, were trying to make both a sequel to Masters of the Universe and a Spider-Man movie at the same time, somehow using the same sets, and then they lost all their funding halfway through, so they combined the production of their hypothetical. Masters of the Universe sequel and Spider-Man combined it all together to make Cyborg. <laughs> it's insane. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's quite bad, but it's, it's worth watching once. It's not repeated watching good, bad, like hard target um, <laughs> because there's no Wilford Brimley in it. <laughs> I have diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, in Hard Target, the bayou starts exploding for no reason. It's so great. And he's got a mullet. And he's a merchant fisherman named Chance Ledoux. <laughs> There's so many things right with what you just said. <laughs> like Van Damme's action hero names are second only to Steven Seagal's action hero names, which are all like so ethnic in weird ways. He's named Nico in one of them. He always sounds like a Greek guy. Or Gino, like they're all vaguely variations of those same things. Who is he? Oh, Gino Felino in Out for Justice. <laughs> uh, let me, I, I'm going to go through like his first four movies and I will probably be right. They're all names like that. Above the Law, he plays Niccolo Nico Toscani. Hard to Kill, he plays Mason Storm. That's like the greatest name ever. <laughs> John Matrix. Um, okay, no, I'll give I'll give myself this. Mark for death. He has a normal name, John Hatcher. I'm sorry. And of course, in Under Siege, his name is Casey. Casey Ryback. No, he's just. I love Steven Seagal as well because he hasn't even tried to stay in shape. <laughs> well, he's only got really one move, so. Which is pick up something and stab it into your brain. Yeah. Hey, in Half Past Dead, remember he was Sasha Petrovich or Petrosovich. <laughs> Um, is Half Past Dead the one with DMX? Oh my god, hold on. In On Deadly Ground, his name is Forrest Taft. <laughs> no, it was so, wait, was that the DMX movie or was that Ja Rule? Which That's one? Ja Rule. Uh, DMX is uh, Exit Wounds. One of my customers wrote Exit Wounds, and he oh. does not admit that, but I saw his name in the credits. Yeah, because huh. Anthony Anderson's in that one too, and so is uh, Tom Arnold. It's... Yeah, Exit Wounds features DMX riding an ATV through the streets of whatever city. Um, that's like the only scene you need to watch in it. Um, I never saw the... There's a movie apparently where Seagal fights vampires, and I kind of want to watch that, but apparently it's not even good, bad. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Wait, why have, I, why have I been doing this? If you go to his Wikipedia, it actually says his name without having to open up every single one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was what you were doing. <laughs> No, no, I was opening. I, I'm so dumb right now. I was opening every one. I realized it was right next to it. I, that's how you saw Sasha Petrovich, which is also the last film uh, to get a theatrical release. Whoa! Oh, that's the Onion movie. I was going to say Cockpuncher. 
(laughs) (laughs) Driven to Kill, his name is... Oh, wait a minute. Well, that was Machete. That doesn't count. I was going to say Rogelio Torres. Oh, Seagal. There's some uh, some campy guts in Machete, for sure. He jumps out the window with the guy's intestine. That's freaking awesome. Come (laughs) on. I found that hard to watch, but it was awesome. I just liked that they offered Seagal a role in Expendables, and he said he was too busy. Doing what? Opening up a bagel shop? Like, what? He was doing his reality cop show, right? Yeah, I'm sure that takes up at least, like, two minutes. Yeah, Against the Dark is the one where he fights the vampires. I mean, yeah, I just, I want to watch that, but apparently, I mean, he's holding a sword, which is always really funny. <laughs> I just want to know, like, who, the, oh, fuck, Lyndon Ashby is in it. <laughs> it just became must watch, right? <laughs> Holy shit, it really did, too. <laughs> oh, my God, his character's name is Tao. And and it's got Keith David in it. Who's fucking Goliath? All right, I actually will have to watch this now. You know? <laughs> oh my god, I wonder what Lyndon Ashby looks like. And you know, I hope he's bald. I like because Lambert was bald in the second Ghost Rider movie, which for no reason. Lyndon Ashby against the dark. Give me something good here, internet. He does have a terrible beard, but he's not bald. Sadly. Oh my god, Seagal can barely contain himself in this leather jacket. <laughs> I need to watch this very soon. Um, anyway, maybe that can be our next show. We have many ideas for the next show. We'll figure something out. We got a lot of uh, potential candidates. We'll just set something up and make it work. Did you guys like the Arrow finale? Can we talk about Arrow? Yeah. I was uh, I was, I was okay with it. You got his ass kicked. <laughs> I am... Um, I mean, that's like no shocker, but I, I sort of... I sort of like the guy they have playing Ra's al Ghul. He's... Not in any way like Liam Neeson, which I, I at first I struggled with it, but you can't have you can't have someone doing Liam Neeson impression. So I thought it was a relatively entertaining. And the weird thing, so my thing, the thing about Arrow is that despite it being a CW show, the fights are better than have been in any DC movie. Be some reason for some reason. Yeah, it's like fantastic. I've never understood, and I'm like the DC guy, and I love the Dark Knight as much as the next person, but like. The idea there was like, oh, the bad suit. It's hard to have fight scenes in. I'm like, okay, dude, go back and watch the live action Ninja Turtles movie where people are doing backflips in rubber turtle costumes. Ninja, ninja crap. <laughs> ninja fetish. And you can't. Uh, <laughs> and you're telling me they can't make a bat outfit that someone can have a real fight scene in? It just doesn't make sense. It, it, it's ridiculous. Well, they just hired actors that don't really know how to fight. Maybe that's the problem. Are you trying to tell me that Christian Bale doesn't know how to fight? Have you seen Terminator? I've seen Terminator. I've seen Equilibrium. Uh, <laughs> maybe that was all CGI. Who knows? <laughs> Equilibrium. Oh, man. That was revelatory for me in high school. I thought I was so cool showing people that because it didn't get a theatrical release. And then, like, that guy's next movie came out, and it was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> And then his next movie came out, and it was Salt, which was also not that good. However, it was partially filmed in Albany, so I'm obligated to like it. Salt had its moments. It it wasn't great, but it was okay. But the the middle movie, though, Ultraviolet. Oh my God! So terrible. Only good because like the the like the 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 climactic dialogue from the guy when she's like ready to have the final fight scene is, "Are you mental?" Like, how does that get to the movies? Like, how does no one be like, maybe this is dumb, Kurt. Maybe you should change that dialogue so it doesn't sound like it was written by, like, actually Patrick Swayze in Point Break. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we are the ex-presidents. 
Yeah. So what did you think about The Flash? I've been liking both shows, honestly. Like, I like the, I like how upbeat Flash is because you know Arrow is really somber, um, and he does a lot of like popsicle-eyed like introspection. But I really like, I, I like the upbeat nature of The Flash. You know, I. And it's a harder show to pull off because his arch enemy has a really dumb name. And this is coming from a guy who loves the fact that his name is Reverse Flash. But that's something that only works in comics. And, and you know, it's like if the Monitor's villain was called the Anti-Monitor or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> but I, I, I liked a lot about it. I was a little sad about the way that they had the Mist because I'm a huge Starman fan and the Mist was really lame in the show. And the Mist should be a great villain. But other than that, I've been really happy with it. It's going to be hard to pull out Firestorm. They're kind of like going from, they're, they're like shooting pretty high for one of the most effects heavy characters DC has, but I'm willing to let them see how they do it, obviously. Did you like the OMAC tease and Arrow? I saw that. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think Brandon Routh is actually doing a really good job. He's making a character that seems really, on paper, really sketchy because he's basically stalking Felicity, but he's so magnetic. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, uh, so I think he's doing a good job, and I think it's hilarious because he's a huge guy. He's like six four, so him playing the Adam is 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 pretty entertaining. No, I've been liking that a lot. I uh, I, I I think they're both doing a really good job. The the show that I like to sort of chuckle at is Gotham. It's not either of those two those two shows. Um, before I go into that, do you like Gotham? For the most part, yeah. You didn't think the Balloon Man was a little ridiculous. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of ridiculous things. There's a lot of overacting, uh, specifically from Jada Pinkett Smith. Like, Fish Mooney is so unbelievable. Uh, but there there are things about the show that I really like. I really like uh, the Penguin. I, I think if they had just made a Penguin show, like his rise to power, it could have been stellar. But every other thing that's going on in that world is just sort of okay or kind of uninteresting. I mean, to me, the, the Balloon Man is both the best and worst episode of that show because to see actors try to sell the idea that they're floating to and i mean slowly to death over the course of hours and so it's i mean i and and now in the gotham universe batman was inspired by a guy who puts weather balloons on people's arms to become batman um which is pretty amazing what about constantine have you watched that I have to watch the finale uh, maybe after this. Um, I expect it to be a little darker and edgier because, you know, NBC is just desperate to win at anything. And, you know, they, they've got Hannibal, which is super dark. So they could have gone like a lot scarier, honestly, with Constantine. Yeah. Um, I like the guy. Seems like as close as they could get to con- playing Constantine on, on, on network TV. Um, I think if it gets a second season, it'll probably be a lot more sure-footed because they're, I mean, they definitely want to just, like, steal Supernatural viewers right now. But it could be its own thing, and I like a lot about it. I find What's-His-Name kind of annoying, the angel, who basically serves <laughs> yeah. no purpose. Are you, How quick are you with these pictures? Who's that, Steve? <laughs> you know who I'm talking to. <laughs> but, you know, and if we don't like these TV shows, don't worry, because next year there will be even more. Um, and uh, and you'll have your CBS Supergirl show, Teen Titans, TBS. <laughs> Is that really on TBS? Yeah, Titans on TBS and Krypton on Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> Krypton is not going to make it. I would love it if it makes it past one season, but like, I I mean, who know who am I? You know, like people, normal people are more in. I shouldn't say normal, but I will because whatever. Like, I should say mainstream people are more into this shit than ever before. I went back from my 10-year fucking high school reunion and, like, 
the people that I was captain of the swim team with that are like totally like popped collar bros were like, oh, dude, you watching Arrow? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is this is unsettlingly strange. I can't, even, I can't, I can't talk to you about this. I just can't. So I mean, yeah, maybe all of these things will do well. I feel like the bubble is going to burst at some point, but I can't really decide when it's going to be. Um, or maybe it won't. That would be great. Yeah, I mean, even if it does, I think that some things will survive from it. I mean, Arrow is so good, it'll probably stick around at least for a few more seasons. Oh my god, I hope that they finally kill Malcolm Merlin, though. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> He's just like such a weird vestige of season one when they didn't have as cool villains, and yet somehow he's still alive. I hope they bring more Spartacus actors on to play villains. <laughs> I, you know, it's been surprisingly good, especially as it goes on. I struggled with season one, but it's really it's really sort of found its footing, and I think they're only going to get better as, as Flash and Arrow go on. I found it kind of absurd that they had to find some explanation for how he could ever stand up to the Flash, but I'm getting a little nerdy there, uh, more than usual. That goes along with the idea that, like, Batman has to be able to beat everyone, even when it's kind of absurd, too. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I would like to... I, I used to say, oh, well, how would Batman beat Darkseid? But then he killed Darkseid. So I don't really have a good example right now. How would Batman beat Mongol, I guess? Except that Robin beat Mongol, so I can't really do that either. How would Batman beat Ego, the living planet? Someone would tell me, but I he can't. He has a bigger guess. Ego. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> He's bad God. <laughs> That is probably true. <laughs> I mean, Frank Miller's Batman could beat any of them. He could just like out he could outswear them. Pretty much. <laughs> you guys like the idea of Snyder and Miller writing Dark Knight Three? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be interesting. I think with uh, Scott to rein him in, it could be really good. Yeah. Um, without that, I am not excited about it. But with it, I am excited about it. I think Scott Snyder's been doing a really good job lately with everything. So, give me some Jerry Dugan and some Ben Templesmith. I'm good. <laughs> oh, what's um, happening? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that uh, you know, Snyder will rein in the, the, the poorer aspects of, of Miller's style writing and only get the good stuff. So, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, I thought Dark Knight Strikes Again was kind of hard to deal with, but with someone sort of reminding him when he's being silly, I think it could be really good. And the idea of Sean Gordon Murphy drawing it is also appealing to me. Yeah. Well, we'll see if that happens. Um, it would be a great announcement for post-Convergence. Sadly, I don't think I'm going to get my Tom Pyre Hourman book out of Convergence, but I still hope I could. That would be awesome. Uh, I love that series. So many series from the 90s that I secretly love and I think no one else did, my friends. Um, I'm like the number one fan of the Martian Manhunter comic from the 90s, too. I, I never read it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It was... It went for 36 issues, though, which these days, that would be a hit. Yeah. But back then, they were disappointed it didn't make 50. Oh, things have definitely changed. All right, gentlemen, I should probably get a little bit of work done uh, before I before I head out here. Plus, I have much more binge-watching of Marco Polo and making fun of it to do. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Steve. It's always a blast to talk to you. you know, Very well. Looking forward to next year when we find out more about what secret projects you have going on. You can tell us more about those. Hopefully, you'll come back well, I want to. I just don't want to commit treason, so I, I can't yet. But we'll have you back on, and we will do another live tweet of another movie. We just have to figure out which one. <laughs> Cynthia Rothrock Kung Fu movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. We got time. Well, thanks again, Steve. Thanks for coming on. It was a blast. Uh, remind everybody, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comicbookpodcast. 
We're on Twitter. I'm at Comical Podcast. Miguel's at Comical Podcast 2. Heather's at Comical Podcast 3. If you want to follow the great Steve Orlando, you can find him at... The Steve Orlando. And that's pretty much it, guys. So thanks for tuning in. And until next time, you want to close this out, Steve? Until next time, keep on laughing, bitches. (laughs)